and welcome to Weekly Weird News. I'm Ben. I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. And Claire. Hello. Welcome back, guys. We just watched the England game, first game of the Euros. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, good win. Good win over Croatia, a bit of a nemesis for us. But this is Weekly Weird News. That's why this is relevant. Football's relevant this week. Well, for the next couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we've won, so it's it's the most relevant it is now for a while. Mm-hmm. Bring on the Scots. Oh, we're going to piss all over them, aren't we? Oh, I don't know. They've got a bit better now. <laughs> they have got a bit better. They're a bit more organised. We'll see. We will see. So, weekly weird news. What's up first, Mike? Let's have a look. Also, in other news, I've started getting grey hairs in my beard. Hey. Oh. Up to four now. Join the club. Up to four. It's okay until your pubes go grey, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know, I haven't got any. I haven't got any, so grey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when I get to seven, I become distinguished. Is it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think that's the rule. Oh, uh, the Metro, from the Metro. Noah's Ark impounded in Ipswich for not having paperwork to say it's seaworthy. Right. Okay. There you go. How easy is that? Noah's Ark has been docked in Ipswich. An international incident of biblical proportions has kicked off on Ipswich's waterfront. A replica of Noah's Ark is currently stuck there because it doesn't have the correct paperwork to say that it is seaworthy. The vessel arrived at Orwell Quay in November 29th. Key? Quay? Key? Same thing. It's a bit of fucking waterfront where they moor a ship. Whatever. I'm a Nordic. Yeah, key. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what a quay is <laughs> it's the same thing <laughs> tomato tomato exactly I'm a nautical cove my mum texted us the other day before this barbecue and said uh, I've got some queasy and I was like what <laughs> quiche <laughs> so there we go fair enough it arrived in the Quay in November 2019 and has been detained there for 18 months by the Coast Guard. The owners of the Dutch-flagged Ark are locked in an impossible stalemate with the agency and no Transport Secretary Grant Shapps is being asked to get involved. And so the animals have been there the entire time? I don't know, I, I, I'm presuming that as it is a £2.6 million biblical museum and is owned by a Dutch TV producer, Ad Peters, who couldn't apply for an exemption to be allowed to return to Holland. This is a museum, so I'm guessing the animals aren't on board. I'm guessing they're animatronic. Oh, fuck. We've got them coming sentient, then, do we? <laughs> well, you think the an- the animatronic lions are going to become sentient and there's, like, a Lion King thing going on in there every night? It's got, like, full Westworld. Yeah. Until they break their programming and it. Become the, it becomes the break Lion out. King. And then we're under attack by vicious killer robots, animals. Yep. Well, he's got, got to sink the boat, haven't you? Well, in that scenario, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that scenario, yes. Oh, man, I'd love to be the guy that does the drone strike on Noah's Ark. <laughs> <laughs> There's a drone strike I can get behind. <laughs> but the Coast Guard has serious concerns and insists that it's not safe. <laughs> it floated for 40 days and 40 nights it could make it back to Holland yeah. <laughs> they said the Coast Guard that Noah's Ark will remain detained until all deficiencies have been put right and an MCA surveyor is invited back to the owners to check they've been corrected it's been due to leave on April the 1st because of the stalemate has been racking up £500 a day in fines ever oh, since me. well that's not going to help the cause is it no 
The Coast Guard found a range of issues, including overdue services for life-saving equipment, such as life jackets, fire kit and lifeboats. They said they could not, quote, rely on the grace of God, <laughs> end quote, to let the boat leave. <laughs> the owner ever says it's classified as a non-certified floating object. So it's not a boat? So that's, that's what they're saying, it's not a boat. Not a boat, it's a non-certified floating object. What the fuck? That sounds like it should be like a, a, an alien craft. Orwellian? Well, that's well, I think it should be at their own risk, shouldn't it? You know, just live and let live, let them float off in then. Well, you know, it is. I'm saying it's a... Object. It's a danger. I guess. Well, I suppose the only people that are going to come and save them if it all goes horribly wrong... Oh, the Coast Guard. Yeah, the Coast Guard, and it'll cost whatever country money. Well, surely God would step in at that point. Well, I was just going to say that. As it is Noah's Ark, <laughs> then you know what? I think the Coast Guard have an obligation to test out the existence of God here and an invaluable experiment. All right, then. It's slightly unethical, though, isn't it? Letting people drown. It's their choice. Obviously, anyone that doesn't want to participate could leave. What about the robotic animals that they're sentient? All right, we'll sentient. take the robotic animals. <laughs> we'll take the sentient robotic animals off. Huh. You know, let them go for it. It looks quite hefty, doesn't it? You know, it does. I'd get on it. Why not? Well, I'm not going to get on it if there's lifeboat problems. You know, it's just. I get on it when it's moored. Yeah, but not if it's What's out at sea. With the lifeboats. There's serious safety concerns over them. Along with the fire kit. And you don't want a fire breaking out on a wooden arc while you're at sea. All also fighting sentient robotic animals. animals. I mean, in all fairness, the automatic weapons fire you're going to have to deploy to bring down one of these sentient animals, if it's big enough, like an elephant, is probably going to rip the side out of that wooden hull anyway. It's going to be like aliens. When they're like, oh, you can't use any fire... You can't... Oh, flame units only. Mm. But you can't even use flame units because you haven't even got a fire extinguisher that works and the boat's made of wood. But it's exactly like that. You can... Oh, what can we... we sorry, you no can't... explosive tips. You know, you know, it's like... You can't use firearms. You'll blow... The, you'll sink the ship. You've got to use swords to take them down. Short swords and spears. And bows. Against fucking killer robot lions and panthers and every animal on the planet. Even little mosquitoes. You try and a mosquito with a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. It didn't say if they didn't have enough like boats. I bet they got enough. It's not Titanic, is it? Yeah, but it shouldn't sink in the first place because God's in charge of it. There you go. So, you know, whether the lifeboats are fully operational or not, get on it. Leave them be. Nah, it's a, it's a non-certified floating object. You might as well be driftwood. <laughs> if I was a Coast Guard, I'd let them sail away and then I'd get a long bow. With a flaming arrow, like light it off a torch, and then like fire just one flaming arrow straight at the roof of it, and then just watch it go up, <laughs> which I'd coated with kerosene the day before. They won't know about that. Sabotage. I told them it was. Make you wish your fire you you extinguishers work now, don't you? <laughs> 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 Moving on? Yeah. Moving on. I just love it, the fact that like Ipswich Coast Guard has got the authority <laughs> yeah. to detain literally God's ship. <laughs> Noah's Ark. Fantastic. Anyway, next up is some terrifying news-ish. Nuclear reactions found smouldering at Chernobyl like embers in a barbecue. 
Ukraine scientists concerned by 40% spike in neutron emissions since 2016 in inaccessible chamber. Oh, I thought it was cooling down there. <laughs> nah, nah, it's actually getting worse. Yeah, not good. Anatoly Doroshenko of the Institute for Safety Problems of Nuclear Power Plants in Kiev, who wants that job? <laughs> not me. Reported a 40% rise in neutron emissions of the chamber since 2016. Discussions last week about the possibility of dismantling the old reactor. He and his colleagues are now studying the smouldering uranium fuel masses buried within sub-reactor room 305-2 to assess whether they are likely to stabilise on their own or whether a dangerous intervention will become necessary to defuse the situation. This wow. might involve drilling into the chamber, which has not been seen by human eyes since the world's worst nuclear disaster occurred at the site 35 years ago, and spraying it with gadolinium nitrate to soak up the neutrons and choke off the reactions. Well, there's a movie I want to see. Shovel Part 2. Yeah. Oh, the A-star, like an elite team of scientists all on a death wish because no one's going to want to go in there and they've got lead suits on. They're still probably going to get cancer anyway. And they had to go in and rig up some kind of bomb but then there's all these weird geranium monsters in there. Well, they want to send in robots able to withstand the glaring radiation and humidity. Well, my idea is better for the movie. <laughs> to install neutron and temperature sensors in the chamber and to retrieve samples to give scientists a clearer picture of what is taking place. Robots could also be used to install boron cylinders in the tomb to serve as control rods and soak up neutrons. That's probably a good idea. Mm. Yeah. We did an episode in Chernobyl, we were very factual. That was a good one. Yeah, and it was also very terrifying. Yeah. You ever seen the show? It's on Sky Atlantic, it was, it was a six part miniseries. Mm. Fucking amazing. Was it? Really yeah, it was good. fantastic, yeah. Yeah. They was releasing like that reactor was open. It was releasing like four Hiroshima bombs every hour into the atmosphere. It was mental, and they wouldn't even admit it had gone wrong for ages. Oh man, it was just a massive disaster. I'd love to go there actually. I would love to go to a. Oh, yeah, that's it. Pripyat. Pripyat. Yeah, the band. Yeah. Most famous now for being in Modern Warfare yeah. uh, One. <laughs> So yeah, that's not good, is it? No. No, it isn't. But they are working on it. I mean, they know at least they know that it's going wrong, and at least they've got plans in place to sort it out. They're applying to the European Fund for Reconstruction for some money. You'd think that the entire world needs to step in on something like this yeah. and go, you know what? That thing is one day could potentially kill us fucking all still. I mean, let's say that society collapses... Right, to a point where there's like not many of us left, we're teetering on the brink. That dome over the top they've got now, only hundred years in that, that breaks down, all of a sudden, it's going to poison the world. <laughs> Even it'll poison the world long after we're gone. We've already got shrinking penises and shrinking exactly. sperm count. And... I think they can't put another cover over that cover. That's what the plan is, basically. Until the technology's there to completely get rid of this stuff in a safe way, then, yeah, that's it. It's it's like we're going to put another dome on top. Bigger dome. Bigger dome. We're going to need a bigger dome every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until, I don't know, this dome's in fucking space or something. I've no idea. Well, and Earth's just got this giant concrete toupee coming up from the Ukraine. Yeah. Mm. Bad news. It is. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. You would have thought after this, they would have said, like, okay, we're not going to build anymore. 
a sane world would have done that, wouldn't they? They're building one now. Yeah, they're building them all over the place, aren't they? And Fukushima. Well, that was a bit unfortunate, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the place yeah. was running all right until they got by a tsunami. It doesn't matter, does it? It's a warning, isn't it? I don't think they should be like putting them anywhere near any like faults or lot or you know. Place. Makes sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. You'd think. Japan is notorious for tsunamis and earthquakes. Yeah. yeah. It's on the yeah. ring of fire. Don't build nuclear reactors on the ring of fire. Well, they're going to really then massively invest in renewables, which could lead to a shortage. I mean, for God's sake, the. I think the UK only produces 3% more power than we need. America actually has a deficit. They have to import electricity. Yeah. yeah, we don't make as much power as you think. Just priorities, mate. That's what it is. Mm. So, you know, you can't... It's, it is priorities, you're right. And I, I mean, there's a, the, the, admittedly, there's a, a capitalist bastard whole theme to it. But the world needs power. And the only people who are going to produce that power are fossil fuels and these guys or renewable trails. I can't remember the one that they're building at the moment in this country. I watched a programme about it the other day and they're like projecting that, you know, we're going to need X amount more electric. So we're going to have, you know, that's why they're building the, the new power station. That's they have to do it near the city because they need so many thousand litres. Well, they're going to be near a water source, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, to, to cool down and stuff. Yeah, you can't have air cooled like we tried at wind scale years ago, and that created a nuclear fire. Thing is, Claire, we live on an island. Yeah. Tidal power, sea power. What, like build, rebuilding the Royal Navy? <laughs> that yeah. kind of sea power. Oh, you mean. You mean it's also. Uh, that's uh, not as fun. A lot of rivers. predictable, but also unpredictable. Not just predictable, you know, when the tides come in, you know, when the. Tides in, the tides the... going out, but also it's uh, a lot of erosion, isn't it? Doesn't matter. We're just harnessing the power, aren't we, from the sea? You don't have them like right at the coast. You have them floating around the sea. That's always as long as it goes up and down, it makes electricity. Yeah. yeah. Bigger the waves, the more electricity. Yeah. But it's just the whole change of the infrastructure at that point, isn't it? Which no one wants to stump up for. Of course not. You know, they'd rather build another nuclear reactor because it's probably bloody cheaper at the moment. Sadly. Might be, that's probably why. Yeah, and more um, energy efficient than like wind power and stuff like that. I mean, there's plenty of windmills about in Wales, but then people are like, oh, but look at them, they're a blot on the landscape. You're also like, yes, but you want electricity, don't you? Yeah, that's it. Can't have it all, can we? That, that's the problem, isn't it? You know, there's no reason everyone couldn't have a little windmill on the side of their house. Well, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, as well as solar panels. Yeah, solar panels. They can make houses now that produce more electricity than they use. Yeah, you basically the roof is basically solar panels. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. That's your roof. You know, stick a little windmill on the side as well. You might as well harness it. The more energy you can make, the more it goes back into the grid, the better. But sadly, the world seems set on nuclear. Because it's always had this nuclear hard-on. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since we invented a reactor, they've tried to stick one on everything. They tried it with planes back in the 50s. It didn't work, but they tried it. You'd want to get in one of them. Uh, Literally, the US tried to add a flying atomic-powered bomber, but the radiation shielding wasn't up to a great deal. The crew were getting too much uh, exposure. Not lethal exposure, but it was beyond safe levels. And the amount of time that they'd be in it on for real kind of thing is... uh, Mm. You know, because they'd be flying like 24 hours and then they'd land and someone else would take their shift... So, yeah, it, was, it would have been too much. But, yeah, they tried to build one. Mm-hmm. All right, what's I the next one, then? Next. 
Okay, so uh, nurses attempt to prove vaccine makes people magnetic hilariously backfires. So an anti-vaccine Ohio nurse attempted on Tuesday to prove that the COVID-19 vaccine makes people magnetic. <laughs> but to use a gymnastics term, she failed to stick the landing. How can a nurse be anti-vax? Some of them are, you know, it takes all sorts, doesn't it? I guess so. She was testifying before an Ohio um, House of Health committee about what she said were potential coronavirus vaccine dangers. And she tried to use her own body as proof. Huh. Yeah. Wait, hang on, sorry. So she's anti-vax, but she's had the COVID vaccination. Yeah, I was thinking that when I was reading it first. I was thinking maybe she's like, she's a nurse, isn't she? Maybe she's got an interest in magnetism or she knows a bit about science no she the next paragraph she right. overheard someone during lunch saying that vaccines cause magnetism in humans so she decided to prove her point on herself by attempting to show how a bobby pin and a key would stick to her exposed skin what <laughs> so she was like explain to me why the key sticks to me it sticks to my neck too so yeah if someone could explain this to me it would be great a non-magnetic aluminium key actually fell off her neck as soon as she removed yeah. her hand. <laughs> and this person's in charge of people's <coughs> health. That's incredible. So the false vaccine magnetism theory was brought up earlier during the he hearing by uh, an Ohio physician, Sherry Tenpenny. Oh my who, God. That can't be a real name. That's a Dickens character, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Sherry Tenpenny, my lord. Oh, she's <laughs> down the road. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So she's been cited by a watchdog group as a member of the Disinformation Dozen. Twelve people that are responsible for 65% of anti-vaccine misinformation uh, across the internet. It's not, not a bad name, though, is it? The Disinformation, disinformation Dozen. dozen. <laughs> yeah, it sort of sounds a bit like the Dirty Dozen. Yeah. On a mission to share bollocks. <laughs> So yeah, she's saying people have put their put keys on their foreheads and it sticks. You can put spoons and forks all over your body. Oh my god! But it it really is just down to the, the secretion from the human body, from yeah. sebum. It sticks. You know, little items will stick to you for a minute or so. Well, not even that. Sometimes and just fall off, isn't it? Ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's why you stick ten p to your head, isn't it? Yeah. And it's gone viral and one guy says it's all fun and games until you find out that the vaccine can magnetise aluminium. Mm. <laughs> so, oh, that's yeah. mental. Idiots. Yes. And she's <laughs> a nurse. That's, a, that's what's scary. Yeah. It's like if I found out that one of my nursing colleagues was, was anti-vax, I'd be pulling into the office and saying, why? And do you think you should be in this profession if your feelings are that way? Because you're... you're, you're I mean, technically, you're a, you're a person of science, aren't you? Mm. As, even as a nurse, well, they, they, they should. She should be clever enough. People. But she should be clever enough to understand how it all works. And you know, I read this great. I think it was a meme, and it was about this doctor saying, like, "Oh, I had this woman come in with a kid, and she was anti-vax, and she spent ten minutes ranting at me about how like." It was all a plan to weaken the American people and all that. And they were a trainee and their sort of teacher sort of said, all right, um, and you sort of just 
just gave him a nod and turns to the woman and said, have you ever thought how anti-vax propaganda might actually be a plan by the Russians and the Chinese to weaken the American people? <laughs> and she was like, she saw the, the cognitive dissonance ticking in her head and then she signed her kid up for the vaccination programmes, <laughs> just beat her with conspiracy theory. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, something she overheard at lunch. <laughs> why would you? Why would you go to the health like committee and like yeah. repeat something you've heard at lunch just because like you know look my light is sticking to me head. If I went into work and, and if I was a doctor, like a century you walk into work and then you just fly <laughs> <in>. <laughs> <laughs> metal fucking armor. <laughs> I'd walk into the canteen and get <laughs> knife and fork armor. That'd be sweet. Yeah. As, what happens if I could control it? Magneto. Like, like, it could be Magneto. That'd be fucking sweet. He's one of the most powerful mutant out there. I think he is one of those powerful, he's a class five. Unless yeah. he's in a plastics I'll... factory. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a weak spot. But everything's <laughs> made of metal at the moment. Yeah. Oh, man, how easy would that be? If I don't get superpowers because of this vaccine, I'm going to be seriously pissed. <laughs> uh, but it, it bugs me she's a health professional. Mm. Yeah. She's like, and she's like, oh, yeah, I went to... Uh, I was all over, so I'm going to health committee because I overheard in lunch that vaccines make you magnetic. And you're like, you overheard this at lunch, and you're coming here to say this. And then she stuck, stuck and the then, key to her neck and it fell off. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Amazing, isn't it? Oh, idiocracy is coming true every day, isn't it? It is, yeah, basically. It is. Even the clever, even the supposedly clever people are idiots. Well, some of them, not all of them. Thank God there's still enough clever people about. Uh, be the death of us all. The death of us all. <laughs> uh, and, of course, there's that ace um, Rob Grant book, the guy who wrote Red Dwarf, IQ or something like that, where the European Union sort of said that no one can be disbarred from any career because of age, intellectual capacity. You could apply to be a brain surgeon... If you, even if you've got no qualifications because you can't be discriminated against. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these people over the Europe just in these wildly inappropriate careers just because they fancy it. <laughs> all right, then, what's the next one? Israeli scientists extend the lives of mice by 23%, say the same might be possible for humans. Oh, oh. this is no good. But it's not right. fucking immortal, is it? I want to be immortal. I want 23% extra. It's where it begins, though, isn't it? I remember, I said on this podcast before, that the first immortal human might have been born. Yeah. Because yeah, by the time yeah. they get to 75, which is the average death now, it could yeah. be 95. By the time they get to 95, it's been increased 120. By the time they get to 120, life expectancy has been increased 150. Our bodies are only going to work for so long, Mike. They reckon, they reckon 150 years, actually. I don't know, man. Joints what? give out fucking well early. You'd have to have done, you'd have to have bits replaced. They've looked at our DNA and they now say that they think humans could should live to one hundred and fifty. But our lifestyles are yeah. capping it at the moment. It's shortening it to seventy-five, which is still better than it's been throughout history. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better than dying at forty, like in the Middle yeah. Ages, yeah. or well, younger because of the plague. If it weren't well, for all, well, the... you've got to get past you know infancy as well. Well, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean. 
you know, if a mother had seven kids, and only five would probably die. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I suppose it's not bad. If it weren't for all the pollution, all the shit that we eat, and the bad stuff that we do to our bodies. So they can get another 20... But what sort of quality of life are you going to have on that extra 23%? Well, this is it, isn't it? I mean, are you going to be, like, alive? There's various definitions of alive, isn't there? Yeah. All right, let's have a look. So, Israeli scientists have boosted the supply of SIRT6 protein, which controls the rate of healthy ageing, but usually declines in the system with age. In uh, They've done that in 250 mice and achieved some incredible results. The life expectancy of their test subjects not only increased by 23%, but they were also more youthful and less susceptible to cancer compared to ordinary mice. A peer-reviewed paper recently published in the Nature Communications Journal was revealed, but that's thrilling, the Nature Communications Journal. And the changes we saw in mice may be translatable to humans, and if so, that would be exciting, said Professor Chaim Cohen of the Bar Ilan University, who spearheaded the research. I'll have some put in, in my uh, deep set lines on the forest, mm. <laughs> see if it rejuvenates them first. No, 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 no. For that, you need uh, baby foreskins liquidised and micro-injected into your wrinkles. That's apparently the cure for that. Is it? Yeah. Nasty. Kate Beckinsale, she's... She's having it done. Yeah. There's a few having it done now, these baby foreskins. Uh, no way. Yes, taking it. Now, if humans receive an equivalent protein boost, their average life expectancy could reach almost 120 in 2019, before the COVID-19 pandemic, the UN estimated the average life expectancy was 72.6 years. That's fair, isn't it? 72 and a half. It's nearly doubling it, mm-hmm. this, if we have this thing. Cohen's lab is currently looking for ways to safely increase the levels of the protein in people, the mice which are genetically modified, but humans would require drugs to achieve the same effect. He said that we are developing small molecules that may increase the levels of SIRT6 or make existing amounts of the protein more active and that he expects concrete results in two or three years. He has been working on this issue for a long time and and had already reported a 15% increase in the life expectancy of mice in 2012. However, only with male rodents back then. So he's made it it unisex. Yeah, equality and all that. Yeah. We've already got an ageing population. Why do we, you know, why do we want to keep ageing? That's a valid point. We've got an ageing, but then you can work longer if you're living to 120. Yeah, but. Oh, you're gonna knock this body out like faster, surely. Yeah, but uh, yeah. like I said earlier, the penises are shrinking and the sperm count we're becoming infertile as a species. Do we need to live longer? I guess so. Well, to keep us about, yes, but it's still mm. we're still losing. You know, there's still a massive problem, isn't there? That no one knew is being born. So you're going to end up with like a bunch of people who, because all the technology has been pumped into keeping us alive, are swapping bodies and all sorts. Oh, fuck me. Like, um, what's that fucking show? Yeah. Altered Carbon. Yeah. You just like, you got a memory fucking coil that goes in the back of your head. You swap bodies. That's, what, like, that's basically what it'd end up like, isn't it? Because you can't let us all go extinct because we can't breed anymore. How do you know that then last sort of 15 extra years or 20 extra years, you're not going to be seen or... Oh, because you, you just go back to a previous save on the memory stack in your head? No, not, not with that, with this. Oh, with this? Know, well, if you went forward with this and... Well, yeah, because I mean... It depends when you do it, isn't it? Because they, they did it from birth, so they just lived longer and had less cancer. Right, okay. 
Um, so if you obviously if you inject it into an 80 year old and they're not going to regress to 50 they're still going to be an 80 year old for an extra 20 years yeah maybe like well, you'd, you'd target people you know after your sort of infant vaccinations and all that like you'd target sort of like 20 to 30 year olds if you were going to sort of roll it out wouldn't you so that mean like so when you were 20 you might stay looking 20 until you're 40 yeah, and then you're like, so you stay, and then you go to th- you look you thirty, forty you're... till you're looking eighty, and then you eighty till you're hundred and twenty. Yeah, something like that would yeah. slow down the aging process. And obviously, with newborn babies, they give it to them in the womb so they, that they would, or they give it with their vaccines. Yeah, maybe. Or when they're born, it's like, hang on, got to stick a kid with this needle. No, I think give it to. I don't know. I don't know. They might, you know. But then again, maybe if it's. But then again, once it's present in the mother's DNA, maybe she passes it passes on. Passes it on. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you might only need to do one generation. Maybe. I don't know how it works. No, no, me. I'm not a genetic scientist, although I have claimed to be on several occasions. Uh-huh. Mainly to pull hot tail. No, that's a, that's a lie. I don't. <laughs> you know what else works? Cosmonaut. Does it? Yeah, thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Humans can learn how to echolocate in just 10 weeks, of experiment shows. What, so we become fucking bats? Yeah. With enough training, most humans can learn how to echolocate using their tongue to make clicking sounds and interpreting the echoes that come back reflected from the surrounding environment. Oh, fuck me. But why? I'm going to use my fucking eye. Well, yeah, all right. It's great for blind people, I guess. In as few as 10 weeks, researchers were able to teach participants how to navigate obstacles and recognise the size and orientation of objects using the rebounding calls of their clicks. The experiment involved 12 participants who'd been diagnosed as legally blind during their childhood and 14 sighted people. Echolocation is a skill we usually associate with animals such as bats and whales, but some blind humans also use the echoes of their own sounds to detect obstacles and their outlines. Some use the tapping of a cane or the snapping of their fingers to make the necessary noise, while others use their mouths to make a clicking sound. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Despite how useful this skill can be, very few blind people are currently taught how to do it. Expert echolocators have been trying to spread the word for years now, and this new study suggests a simple training schedule is all that's needed. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. You find a lot of blind people tap on the floor anyway, don't they? They do, yeah. I think... You know, they might not even realise it, mm. but they're, they're, they're feeling and they're hearing, but they're not rec- maybe not recognising, you know, what they're hearing at first. Yeah. But now, apparently over the course of 20 training sessions and about two to three hours long, researchers found that blind and sighted participants, both old and young, all improved considerably at click-based echolocation. Yeah, well, but then we're taking work away from the guide dogs. We can still have them, can't you? Well, I know, but still... They look so cute with that little working harness on. I'm not going to start a, a strike. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they're too nice to do that. I'm going to unionise the service dogs. <laughs> little, little Labradors in communist uniforms. Oh, how cute would that be? Communist pupper. Three months after the training sessions ended, blind participants said they had experienced improved mobility using echolocation. And 10 of the 12 said the skill had benefited their independence and well-being. Brilliant. Bring it on. Yeah. Teach it in all blind schools, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
Roll it out. Yeah. To improve Absolutely. the lives of people who are suffering. And we might end up with one of them who's really good at it and becomes Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I know where the Joker is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how nice should that be? Okay, then, what's the next one? Last so, one. Woman dies after security guard pretending to be a doctor performs surgery at Pakistan Hospital. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Jesus, good. I've got visions of the fucking Sopranos here, where the, the the New York boss Johnny is it Johnny Sachs, mm. the heavy always smoking, and he's got lung cancer, and there's the janitor who's like, I used to be a doctor, but they struck me off. No, you keep smoking, Johnny. He'll be fine. It's not lung cancer; it's curable. Just eat these peppers. Nah. What's that film with uh, Tom Hanks in Philadelphia? No, the one where he's chasing. Catch me if you can. Yeah. He pretends to be a doctor. Like it's based on a true story. Yeah, it's as well, great film. Isn't that, isn't yeah. It? yeah. So, an elderly woman has died after a family mistakenly hired a former security guard... What? ...to perform uh, surgery on her at one of Pakistan's government hospitals. Fuck me. I mean... 80-year-old died two weeks after the alleged imposter, Mohammed Wahid Butt, performed surgery to treat a a back wound in an operation theatre of government-owned Mayo Hospital in Lahore. Stand aside, I'm the butt doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my rounds, but I'm a little behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a king of puns this week. <laughs> for that. Yep. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. Take my crown. So, the family told the local uh, network, GOTV, that they took uh, uh, Gum to the hospital on the 17th of May um, when she was referred to the surgical ward for surgery. It was then the accused approached them, impersonating a doctor, and offered to help them. Oh, I'll do this for 300 rupees. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm meant to be on my break, but this won't take long. I'm the butt doctor, look, it says on my name tag, butt. <laughs> the family said they, hey, oh, they paid butt for the surgery and two subsequent home visits for the dressings of her wounds. Fucking hell. The wound continued to worsen and bleed. Not only did they... Not clock after the first surgery. It came back twice, hadn't it? <laughs> no, they were home home visits. Yeah. yeah. Did it at home? Well, a nurse would surely come, you know, not, or they'd have kept her in. Well, surely they'd, like, go... Well, she'd be in hospital for a bit, wouldn't she? A few hours at least after the surgery. And they were like, well, the nurses would be, like, yeah. going around doing post-care. Who did this surgery? I was Dr. Dr. Butt. Who the fuck's Dr. Butt? You know, he's done a terrible job on this. I can see that. I'm only a nurse. Um, unless he um, fucking signed himself out. Yeah, maybe. And, you know, he's broken his carved Dr. Buck rules into her back. Dr. Buck was here. No, or maybe the nurses were like, what the fuck? Get her out, get her out, you know. Yeah, yeah. they'll sue us. They'll sue us, yeah. So when maybe. Yeah. yeah, but isn't there a clue when you pay the doctor in cash? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's how it's done there. <laughs> maybe, yeah, I don't know. So when the family raised the alarm over a deteriorating condition, he asked them to return to the hospital. It was then that they were told that there was no doctor by that name and that Mr. Butt was previously the security guard. <laughs> <laughs> what a maniac! <laughs> Um, surely he's got surgical staff too and they're going hey 
Isn't that Butter used to be a security guard? He's, he's, he's an all-in-one. He does the anesthesia. <laughs> he's securing the airway. He's, you know, he's cheap, cheap. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you can have a team, and you? Yes, you yeah, gotta, you've got to. It's a lone ranger. You've got to have a room. Sure, you got. Hey, I was going to be in room six. I got this person in for a heart transplant. Nope, no, I'm in here doing his back wound. <laughs> so somebody from the Mayo Hospital says we can't keep up with every doctor and everyone that's doing everything at all times. It's a large hospital. That's just no excuse, is it? That's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it is. So, I mean, I understand it's a big place, but surely in the UK that's sued to fuck for doing that. Yeah. yeah Let the security guard operate on a fucking patient. <laughs> I suppose he kept his work ID, didn't he? So he could get in all the rooms. Because a security guard, he's he, security guard. He have got the master key, wouldn't he? Because he's got to get in any room if, if the situation depends on it. So we could just go help go into the doctor's changing room. Put the scrubs on, cover his face, what cover was his head. thinking though? I mean, he's like, oh, sitting these do this. I've, I've watched, I've been there late night, two in the morning, watching them do surgery on somebody. The, I can do the, this. The glass and the door. I reckon, I reckon I could do something like yeah. that. Not to freak you out, but there's somebody in Shropshire that used to do sort of the same thing. He used to turn up as a first response paramedic. He's got, he's got his own scanner, his own oh gear, his own sort of like, you know, car, and he dressed it up like an ambulance. Fuck me. And he'd get there first. And, and you he know. got the scanners and like... Yeah. Fucking I, hell. I found out about that through the mental health team. Fucking hell. And it was just like, what what did they do to stop him? They, they had to go down like the sort of criminal route. Of course. Of his, you know, because it's dangerous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So you might not know shit. Well, yeah. look, if what the fuck's he you're... got in his bag? Yeah, He's just you're... injecting them with ODs of heroin, isn't he? <laughs> and if you're in an accident or something, you just automatically you just let them do what they want to do. You, yeah. You, you yeah. Respect the professionals and what they're doing. He's got his early learning centre, plastic steps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Operation. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, hang on. Oh, I shouldn't take up the left femur. <laughs> hang on, I'm better with the liver. Hang on. Oh, there we go. Got it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> for all you know, he's turned them into some kind of warrus person. It. You know, he could be some. It could be some kind of weird this surgery is, enthusiast. This is an isolated incident. People like to think, you know, or have a go at something else, just a oh. bit of a change, you know. Just to clarify, they caught the guy in Shropshire, didn't they? He was known to the services, and was, you know, people were on the lookout. But they they got him, yeah. They arrested him. I, I'd hope so. I, I didn't know the end, you know. It was ongoing when but I... God, he could still story. be out there. <laughs> he could be still out there. We need to look at his records, see if he was actually any good, and then give him a job. Yeah, he could go for the, one of the private, you know. Yeah. First response units. I hope he was, like, you know, nice rather than a serial killer. Like he wanted to help people or something rather than just, like, Maybe like take them off in the ambulance and do unspeakable things mm. to them in the woods and no, then I kill think them. No, he did want to help people. I've got to thank God for that. But it was just—it's not cool, is it? You don't well, no, know. no, it's not cool. No, you don't know what he's got in his bag, and you know. Where's he getting the drugs from? Well, exactly. You don't know what he's got in his bag. Has he got anything in his bag, or is he just turning up because he likes the the thrill of it all? 
that there's you know looking at the psychology of it you know this man's a little bit sick possibly you know if he wanted yeah. that job he could go the proper route and get that job but he decided to go rogue <laughs> maybe he just comes really hard when when he turns up and turns to be an ambulance driver and they and they accept him for who he is yeah maybe that gets him off some weird really? medical fetish. Yeah, and when the real one comes, he just like runs off. Yeah. <laughs> Goes into the woods and has a wang. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he's done it already into his trousers. Possibly. Hmm. Why? Why? <laughs> well, hey, why is the ambulance guy shuddering with pleasure? <laughs> yeah, on that note. On that bombshell. I mean, Ben. Uh, don't in the flavour, don't join a cult, don't dress up as a fucking doctor and perform surgery. Yeah. I mean, Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out, may the force be with you. And I've been fair. Have a good evening. And in pound Noah's Ark. Yeah, in pound Noah's Ark. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> let it go. Don't you no. dare.